It's a, another episode of the Side Talks podcast. That's right. That's what we do here. Uh, we record the Side Talks podcast, which is a podcast about cinema. Yeah, we who, don't. Who are you? Oh, I'm Rachel Morgan. Yeah, I'm the creative director for Sidewalk Film Festival and the Sidewalk Cinema. Neat. And, um, yeah, that's yeah. What else can you really say? I mean, those are those are good things. Yeah. I'm Corey Kraft. I program for the Sidewalk Cinema and Sidewalk Film Festival. And uh, we're just real excited to be here today to talk to you about movies. Sure. Let's do it. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. Five-minute fight. That's right. You know what, Brad? Just go ahead and start the timer now. Because I'm already... You're just done with Tobey Maguire. We're fighting about fucking Tobey Maguire. Who I think is a very good actor. I love him as Spider-Man. I think he's great in a bunch of other movies. Really? Like like Pleasantville, like Wonder Boys. I like his his collaborations with Ang Lee, like in The Ice Storm. He's great in that. And in, you know, the later part of his career, he certainly acted a lot less. Um, But there are, you know, some bright spots here and there. I think you're just annoyed with his his stupid face, and you just don't yeah, like his I stupid am, face. I am, but I have a two. I have a two prong. Okay. Plan. Okay. A two prong strategy to take down this argument about Tobey Maguire. All right, let's hear it. The first is that he's a douchebag, and you know this. Yes. And you reportedly know this. he is not a very pleasant person. If you've ever seen the movie Molly's Game, right? Uh, the Michael Sarah character in Molly's Game who humiliates Jessica Chastain. Uh, who runs that illicit poker ring that's allegedly based on Tobey Maguire. And of course, as we've mentioned on this podcast before, a His founding member of Leonardo DiCaprio's pussy posse yes. in the late nineties, the, these young dudes who would just go out on the prowl. And I guess if you're a group of young dudes who calls yourself the pussy posse, you're up to no good. You're up to absolutely no good. This, he's clearly a douchebag. Not defending his and, character. And here's, I hear you, but here's the thing. He brings that shit to set as well. He's mm. supposedly notoriously hard to work with. Mm-hmm. Charlize Theron did not like him. On the Cider House rules. Yes. She said he was hard to work with. I, I, he plays a diva card a lot. Well, I think he. I think it's not just the off the set stuff. I think it's the on the set stuff mm-hmm. too. But I also think he plays up that little, I've got a little baby boy face. I'm a little cutie, cutie, cutie. But then he goes around like, you know, pinching girls' butts and yeah, acting like, like a dick. There's no defending that, but there is, I think, something to be said for him using those natural attribu- attributes of his to be, you know, usually pretty likable on screen, usually pretty relatable on screen. I feel like I, he's I, just, I think so. I think he's punchable. I think then, he's the ideal Peter Parker, though, for the reasons that you're right, articulating. Well, my first prong is okay. that he's a dick. Okay. My second approach, my second prong here, is that a lot of the films that he's in have stupid names. All right, let's hear it. Boss Baby. Well, oh, nobody's going to stand up for the... Seabiscuit was the horse's name. What are they supposed to do? Care. Change the name? Let me finish my all argument. Right, it's right, a two-prong right. argument. Continue. I'm going to start over. Boss Baby, Seabiscuit, Don's Plum, Wonder Boys, Cider House Rules. Those are all stupid names. Wonder Boys is a great movie, though. Oh, no, it's not. Yes, it no, is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And and he's, again... <laughs> I don't have any other argument. Just, argument, put, just, all, just put all of those film titles together. It's not okay. And and also on this Don's Plum film, if you, you know about this. Yeah, it's so not, go ahead it technically and, doesn't exist, right? right? Like, it's not available. Because him and, and DiCaprio it's wanted to... It's just a little to, mumblecore thing they, they, they tossed off together. They wanted to ad-lib... 
They wanted to ad lib lines, and then I, my guess is it was a shit show. She's like, "Bro, what do you mean, bro?" Sitting in a diner <laughs> That's drinking exactly coffee. What it is. Yeah. And so they just wanted to ad lib lines, and then when it didn't work because they clearly aren't capable of that, they then sue the production company to prevent its release from happening. Listen, sometimes you take big swings as an artist, and you don't entirely <laughs> connect. Oh, I'm so winning this with my very simple two-prong strategy. I don't think so, because again, I think that when he has given really effective performances, and I don't think you can argue he's the that same, he's... Once again, you love an actor who's the same in every I'm film. not saying that I now, love him, but I think he's excellent in something like The Ice Storm. That's a really good performance. He's great in The Ice Storm. He's really okay? good in Pleasantville. That's, that's one film Again, in a long great list Peter of other Parker. films. He's great in Wonder Boys. I think he's pretty good in Seabiscuit, though you know, Seabiscuit's not a great movie. Um, I'm looking through his filmography here. I already did it. And yeah, once he's we get to baby. about 2007, not so much, other than I think he's good in The Great Gatsby. That movie Brothers, nobody's seen that movie Brothers. That movie Brothers doesn't exist. He's good in Brothers. How many Spider-Mans is he in? He's in three, well, four now, spoiler alert. He shows up in this most recent one as an alternate universe Peter Parker. And he's a lot of fun in it, though he's not like the, the highlight of the movie or anything. Yeah. It's just nice to see him reprising that role. How much more time do we have? Yeah, I mean, he's as so, an older man. I think that's it part of it. It was good to see he's him again. Really, really boring. I don't. I think find so. him to be extremely boring. And I know what you're going to say. Well, that's the point. But I think that no. there. <laughs> I'm not no, going to say it's the good. point that he's then boring. I, hold to that. I just don't think he's boring. I think he's he's a captivating guy. Whoa, um, that's a He hot has given take. performances that are more captivating than others. Perhaps again, I'm going to come back to you. He is for me the ideal Peter Parker. That sort of inept, socially inept nerd with a slightly punchable face. But he's, that's not, who's gifted I with super heroics, and be, you know because he's mostly decent, uh, becomes a a good uh, person through that. Um, look, it's it, he's good. He's a good uh, actor. He, the other thing is, I really truly thought we'd fought this before because we fought Jakey Gyllenhaal. And to me, Jake Gyllenhaal and what's this guy's name again? Toby Maguire. They're interchangeable. We can only have one of the two of them. Our friend if okay, we can't if you're putting me on the them. spot, if you're putting me on the spot, I I'm taking Jake Gyllenhaal uh Every day of the week. I think Jake oh, Gyllenhaal like, is a far more talented actor. I mean, as much as I as I came strong in that argument uh, against Jakey Gyllenhaal, I'll probably take him over Toby Maguire because at least I like his sister. Wow. Anyway, Sam is out now just for a moment. He stepped out. So Brad is going to weigh in on who won this very dull argument. <laughs> well, first of all, okay, I feel like if the argument, if the basis of the argument was, is Toby, Toby Maguire... Um, a dick, then I think race, Rachel wins. Yep. If we're talking about um, talent as an actor, well, first of all, I want to give Rachel a million points for using the phrase, um, I think it was stand there and look like a cutie face dickhead. <laughs> I was trying, trying to write really quick, quick, but it was something close to that. Um, I wanted to make one point, though, that kind of like, I don't know, against Rachel, that pointing out a bunch of bad movies. I feel like anyone that's successful has made a ton of bad movies. You can't really judge them on that 100%. Mm. Um, it outweighs. I mean, it outweighs. They outweighed. Okay. I got I, I get it. Um, but I do agree that I've always felt uh, that he was a little boring. Mm-hmm. So some more points to that. But at the end of the day, I'm not saying this is the point of acting or whatever, but 
he has been able to he carried a whole superhero franchise for three movies that was pretty damn successful. Carry is an interesting word. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. (laughs) He caught it in its web. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) I thought I was going to be with you on this one, to be honest with you, but I think I'm going to have to give Corey 1.1 million points, and uh, he's he edges it out. I think. I just uh, oh, he just made a web. I just shot my Spider Man. Do you want to do you want to retract? <clears throat> yeah, can I come back and take that point one million off? Uh, that? No take backsies, folks. You heard it here first. Toby Maguire is confirmed good. Oh, I mean, too not bad as a person. I, too bad I don't have a Dr Pepper can in the room because then maybe your web would work. Wow. <laughs> The Summer Movie List. Pray or don't. You know what we could really use here, Brad, is like a little, maybe something from the Endless Summer soundtrack or a little splashing noise, something that really evokes summer. Would you be willing to do that for us? Absolutely. And we'll just kind of lead in with that. And so you know how I like to use the word sizzling. That's right. You do. This is our sizzling summer list. (laughs) We're counting down our six top favorite summer films as we enter into the season, trying to create a list for everybody to visit or revisit. And also would love to hear your thoughts at uh, podcast at sidewalkfest.com. And we are counting down our top three right now. In the previous episode, we counted down our uh, six through four. That's right. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and and start if you don't mind. So that'll allow you to land on number one because I know how you like to do that. Let's hear it. What's so, your number three? My number three, and part of the reason why I said I would start, is picking up where you left off, 1993, Dazed and Confused. Oh, how delightful. It is. I agree with you. I love this movie, and I love it uh, on a summer list more than yeah. on, a, on, a top, on a top 100 list because it really does, as we as, – I don't need to talk about it too long because we talked about it before, but it really does capture that last day of school feeling – and I love that about it. I also love it. That's all we try to conquer here. All we try to do is just spend a little time at the last day of high school uh, and for some seniors and for some freshmen and antics that ensue. I mean, you know, there are some kids who have to avoid getting their ass kicked by Ben Affleck, but we've all been there. Yeah, of course. So that's my you know, my number. What is it? Three. That's yes. number three. What's yours? My number three is Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. Oh, great. Great pick. Uh, because it takes place during a sweltering New York summer. That's not the last time I'm going to say those words, by the way. Hint, oh, I know hint. what's coming. Um uh, our uh, wheelchair-bound protagonist, played by Jimmy Stewart, is so hot and miserable. All he can do to pass the time before he gets his uh, leg casts off is stare at his neighbors. But what if he saw a murder one night? Folks, I don't want to spoil what happens next, but rest assured, Hitchcock's Rear Window, one of the most famous movies ever made from 1954, is worth seeing if you haven't. That would have been a perfect quarantine summer pick, too. I'm not sure if we if we ever tagged that in any of our mini lists that we provided during that long, difficult yeah. year and certainly season. But that would be a great 
I'm stuck in the house moment. I'm pretty sure I watched it that summer. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it hit a list or two. Yeah. Well, my number two is is from 1987, and again, my theme here tends to be fun, and it is Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing, another uh, sidewalk uh, summer drive-in pick. And what a great drive-in pick it was. I really, really love this film. Is it cheesy? Yes. Is it over the top? Yes. Does it have some really terrible dialogue? Yes. Is it probably overly ambitious? Sure. But I do like this thing. It's a lot of fun. That reminds me. Did you see the news that they are making a sequel to this? No, but I don't hate that. Jennifer Grey returning? That could go either way. Part of what I do actually love about this film is it's a world that I'm really not familiar with sure. and, and certainly an era that I'm not terribly is it, familiar with. Is it 1950s with. Catskills yes, Resort? Yeah. yeah. And those are now gone. And so I think around the time that we were screening this at the drive-in, yeah, I know it was then. We were screening this at the drive-in and, and you, we both got on and well, did a special. Well, because I hadn't seen it before. I yeah. watched it for the first time that summer. And we got on and did a special you know, 45-minute talk about Dirty Dancing for to play as people were parking their cars during at the yeah. drive-in and and part of the research I did there was that these that they and they'd recently released an article about what those those resorts what happened to those resorts and why they were gone it's a really interesting history and it does really capture something again that I'm not familiar with but the spirit of this era and the spirit of a particular uh, tradition that is now no longer part of culture i've also seen it it. uh come up a lot in recent weeks uh because of the abortion subplot yeah yeah that makes sense too yeah and of course who doesn't have a minute for patrick swayze well love him hot hot man right there love him and what moves i mean love him and this is a pre-nose job jennifer gray sorry i said it but man oh man uh, what an adorable human being. Too damn bad that she went under the knife with that. Mm. She regrets it as well. Anyway, great film. Really fun. Also really silly and stupid at times. Darker than you thought it was going to be. Yes. At yes. times. Very much so. And all around great summer selection. So, yeah, that's my number two. What's your number two? Well, my number two is Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. I knew it was on there somewhere. I mean, the vibes ain't good necessarily. Let's just say that much. But you you can't think of summer movies, I don't think, without thinking of this movie. It's hot, and that color palette is something else. That's right. And, and obviously, the movie is about how tempers flare over the course of one long, hot New York day. Um, great ensemble cast. Um Great screenplay. I mean, we've talked about this movie a million times. It's just got to be Great there. opening. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Rosie Perez, Dancing to Fight the Power. I watch this movie at least once a year because I teach this movie yeah. and uh, just taught it fairly recently. And it's always good to rewatch it. You always notice something else. Uh, and and you find yourself drawn more to one subplot uh, than you might have been drawn to that subplot last time. And, and there's it's a rich text. Uh, but again, everybody knows that. And it's, as it's a great movie. Yeah, as acknowledged a couple of summers ago, uh, incredibly relevant film. Yes, very so, much so. Your number one. My number one is not on your list. Okay. From 1980, it is Tatum O'Neill. It is Christy McNichol. They steal a school bus <laughs> to a Blondie song. It is Little Darlings, the film that made me who I am today. It has got an incredibly queer subtext. 
and it is a strange little bitch of a film and incredibly adult for the age range that it was going after and I love this damn movie it opens up with Christy McNichol walking and smoking in a denim jacket and a guy steps to her and she just immediately kicks him in the nuts and then the title <laughs> sequence starts love this fucking film well we established last time you brought this up on the podcast I haven't seen this movie gotta see it um, it all takes place at Camp Little Wolf so it is summer to the core also has a very young Cynthia Nixon in it hey alright so Corey will you add this to your summer list please? I'll add this to my summer list I actually think you're not going to fight me on this I think you're going to find it so incredibly strange okay. and enjoyable that there's no way you would go toe to toe with me okay alright well I'll, I'll take a look at it hopefully pretty soon shot in the uh, right outside of Atlanta Georgia oh no way yeah, cool. at a camp right outside. I've been meaning to go because apparently the town really embraced it, whatever this oh, little yeah? town is, and still even has some sort of plaques up and that kind of thing. That'd be a fun day trip. But I just want you to know that they take the entire sort of their house, so to speak, at the camp. They take mm-hmm. their entire house, get onto a yellow school bus, steal the school bus in order to go into town to to steal a condom machine. What? Because the whole the whole premise of the film is they're trying to see which one loses their virginity first. That's the game that's being what? played here. And at the at the convenience store where they steal the condom machine, they run into a young and beautiful Matt Dillon who is way prettier than Christy McNichol or Tatum O'Neill. So is it on your list now? Yeah. No human being's lips have ever been that red. Not even with lipstick. This seems really complicated. It's less complicated than making it out to be, but yeah, it's a little complicated. Okay. All right. Well, at least they're being safe about it. I mean, going out yes. of their way to steal a condom yes. machine. Um, let's just acknowledge, too, that it's no it's no little thing to steal a school bus. But when I was a youngster watching this, I was like, that's just what you do. Sure. If you got a bet going and you got to win that bet and you got to get your hand on a condom machine, you steal the freaking school bus. Hence the fact that you were uh, sentenced to three to five for bus <laughs> theft you know fairly recently spoiler alert they get the fuck away with it (laughs) anyway that's my number one i stand by it i can't wait to hear what you think of this film what's yours my number one is my favorite movie of all time, Steven Spielberg's Jaws. Oh, I should have known it. Yeah, which you takes didn't place... try to stay away from no, those hot, those heavy letters. I letters. couldn't. Jaws is the best summer movie. It's, it's my a great favorite film. movie. It's twenty minutes too long, but it's a great summer film. Twenty excellent minutes uh, <laughs> that are great. Um, I, I've seen this movie approximately uh, seven billion times, and I'll never get sick of it. Uh, but of course, summertime is fundamental to the plot of this thing. There's There's a shark eating people on the 4th of July weekend, and this is a tourist community. Great 4th of July film. What is to be done about this shark? Well, one or two things, it turns out, are to be done about this shark, but not before, tragically, blood is shed, and people learn a lot of lessons, like stay away from sharks. (laughs) Uh, Amityville. Great movie. Great movie. My favorite movie ever made so it had to hit the top of the list. it, it I had gotcha. to be I gotcha. it had to be um so those are our top summer movies as rachel said we want to hear from you what do you disagree with what do you agree with and what's your list heck we'll read some of them on the air please send us emails what's that email address rachel podcast at sidewalkfest.com podcast at sidewalkfest.com or just email sam at sidewalkfest.com Yes, you can remember that, (laughs) Sam. It's three letters at SidewalkFest.com. And while you're there, tell Sam what a great job he does. 
when he votes for Rachel. Okay, or always. Thank you for listening to Side Talks Podcast. We're your own personal. I think we've done this before, but I will never stop doing this one because we just talked about summer films and uh-huh. this one should have hit the list. We're your own personal cinematic bandit and Cletus. Yeah. Pretty sure we've done it. But I can't. Well, probably. I can't. I can never quit Bert. Could never quit Bert. Fair enough. Anyway, thanks yeah. for listening to, to the Side Talks Podcast. Uh, thanks to Boutwell Studios for putting this all together. Thanks to our sponsor, Revelator Coffee, serving delicious coffee in downtown Birmingham. At Sidewalk Film, SidewalkFest.com. Come see a movie with us. Boutwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.